1025 It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a frustrating night for Scotland. Euro qualification will have to wait after Steve Clark's side lost 2-0 in Spain. It wasn't without controversy though with a Scott McTominay wonder goal ruled out for offside or was it a foul or something else entirely? And Sunday is the next day to look out for if Norway failed to beat Spain it will officially be Germany here we come. But we wait for now in the company of Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans. 20 hours later, there's still a deeply ingrained sense of injustice over that Scott McTominay disallowed goal, particularly when UEFA's own official website gives one explanation and then 10 minutes later changes its mind and gives a second explanation. However, the irony is the team who were our opponents last night will now get our unqualified support in Oslo on Sunday because a draw sends us to the finals in Germany next year and that's what will happen. Spain will not lose against Norway, even in Oslo, and even against Erling Haaland. Why have you done that? It's fine to do it to he like one it. fan Absolutely base. Absolutely, he can't it. do it to yeah. the entire nation. Well, he's that means it. everybody's going to be up in arms. Yeah, he's he's right though. It's gone from I can't stand Spain yeah. to Vamos España yeah. in the space of a couple of hours. Yeah, what is it? We've got the Spaniards. We'll be shouting on the Spaniards uh, exactly. on, uh, on Sunday night. It's uh, you know I think last night was a solid enough performance for the team. Hugh's right. I think there's a, a lot. Of confusion surrounding the goal albeit it probably was maybe the right I think there was a bit of offside I think there was a, 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 a bit of impeding the goalkeeper but for me it's immaterial it's been when not if for me since probably June since Scotland got those two late goals in Norway I just had a had a sense that it was going to be a, a straightforward campaign there's a lot of belief and support running about this group and, and Steve Clark and his staff so it's uh, like you say it might be Sunday if it's not then it'll be, they, some, it'll be coming soon they will now throw a Spaniard in the works on Sunday <laughs> come on then 0-1 4195111025 It wasn't to be on the night How do you look back on That Scott McTominay goal Or not to be goal in the end Was it offside Yes is the official answer Everyone thought it was a foul What do you make of the decision all round The way it was communicated The way it played out The explanations on offer um, Are you buying any of that Do you still feel a sense of injustice As Hugh Keevans says I think I'm pretty certain between now and 8 o'clock we'll have suggestions that even apart from that it was a fairly questionable refereeing performance um, but we'll maybe get to that as the night goes on and what about our performance overall clearly not really enough to win the games Spain looked like they, they were going to score early on and had the lion's share of possession and so on so what did you make of the performance does it roll on to Sunday will it be done on Sunday that Scott McTominay moment anything else entirely if you do want to switch focus, I suspect it will be a bit quiet on the club front. But Rangers fans, I don't know, did you expect to get to this point in the week and still not have a manager? Or are you feeling pretty relaxed about it that that will kick in over the weekend? The under-21s are in action tonight, actually, at Fur Park. They're taking on Hungary. So any of that, if it tickles your fancy, please pick up the phone on 01419511025. Good to have lots of you on the live stream as always, for the benefit of those who are not on the live stream, Hugh, how does it feel for the first time in your 82-year history yeah. on this show... 
to be the most casual man of the punditry team. This man's got a three-piece suit on next to you. The first thing I said to him when he walked into the building, you're putting me to shame, Kenny. Never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> so there he is. Incredible. You always hesitate in case he's been at your funeral. But, uh, you know... That's Navy. Yeah, that's or, right. yeah, or, yeah. or maybe an appearance in court. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you never know. But uh, I did say right away, what a style guru. Uh, big plans. Are we keeping you? Alan McGregor's testimonial dinner tonight, so you know what, I'm actually putting it off the start, I couldn't let the, our You're audience down, Kilby, so we're, uh, we're going to head straight along to the Hilt one after this. The nation thanks you. Will that be a quiet, civilised oh. affair? Well, it will be for me, I'm not sure it'll be for, for Alan, but it'll <laughs> definitely be for me. Well, you can tell us next week how that one pans out. Anyway, 01419511025, how do you look back on last night? That's a fairly open-ended question, because you've got the result, the performance, the... Ramifications, permutations about qualification And of course A certain incident Involving Scott McTominay And the referee And the VAR And the UEFA comms team And everything that went on in between It's interesting Hugh Because our currency on this show Is one set of fans feeling aggrieved And the other set of fans Telling them to get on with it This was a nation united In Best frustration and it yeah. worst something a lot angrier. Do you know what though? It says so much for Stevie Clark and the job that he's done that we're upset over not getting a result in Spain. Uh, because we went there with the intention of winning that match and we were 17 minutes away from almost doing that. Uh, so it's a mark of the man, it's a mark of the maturity that this team now possesses. Uh, and we thoroughly deserve to go to Germany next uh, summer. And that's what will happen. It, it, we, we said it last night on the show, we were on for the extended show, and it, it felt almost surreal to be able to do it so early in the group. Like, it shouldn't really be seen as a, no. a, a sense of disappointment. Are you, are you with Kenny? You know, you just you have to just take that on the chin. Qualification will be confirmed you soon. Know, such is the way of football, now that VAR has got involved and taken over the game, basically. Uh, but it's wonderful to think that 72 hours after you hit the depth of disappointment that uh, you could then go and get a sky-high boost uh, from Spain in Oslo. So there'll be some television audience for that game. Listen, I, I just think the the performance last night was was always going to be that way. You knew Spain were going to have the ball, we had to defend. I mean, I think Steve, Steve Clark will be really disappointed in the goal we lost, actually, because like yeah. Marata, who, again wasn't really on the top of his game last night we've got three centre-backs like, there to deal with across you know and it was just he's just got the run on all three of them to be honest with you so it was a disappointing goal to lose but like you say the decision again you can more about this I've just seen what Steve Clark's saying after it you know I think he's got the luxury where he can actually be pretty calm and just yeah. say you know what we'll move on we'll deal with it we'll look forward to the game on Sunday and if it's going to be then it's going to be then see if it's not then we'll just have to beat Georgia and Norway you know it's as simple as that and, that, and the team will do it I mean the team are in a, in a really good place And I think that's why the nation Feels pretty calm about last night as well As much as you might get A lot of disappointment from that decision yeah. Listen, qualification's coming I usually would open with a call But I think a tweet sums this up Before we go any further Sean Brogan has sent me in Just a picture Doesn't see, There's no caption It is a picture of his TV last night Spain, Scotland 67 minutes on the clock And he smashed his telly <laughs> <laughs> so there we go If you want to give us the radio equivalent of that We're here for you 01419511025 uh, Brian is first up Brian, how's it going? I'm fine, I'm fine um, Just to 
say hello to Hugh and Kenny. Hi there. Hi, Brian. Um, it's just about the Scotland game. I, I have never seen so many inconsistencies in a one-sided referee in my entire life. The Scotland players were getting filled. The referee, he had not the day with it. And yet, VAR could have actually said to the referee, hold on a minute, have a look at this. Because there was a couple of, there was one or two dubious ones that should have been yellow cards. And for the Scotland goal, I've got, re, I've got Sky and I've got a rewind. I rewound that about four times and I couldn't see anything wrong with that goal whatsoever. It was at one minute, it's offside. Then it became a foul. I'm like, VAR is supposed to be here to help the referee get the decision right on the pitch. Last night, VAR was just, they weren't even there. They were there for the goal for Scotland. And that was the only time you actually heard from them. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, let's start with the big one, because there were a few, I think, as Brian mentioned. And it's, it's about the way it played out, isn't it, more than anything. If you are from the outset saying that is offside, the lines have been drawn, Hawkeye technology, if it's that provider, um, is telling you that player's in an offside position. Referee, we recommend you come over to the monitor to assess whether or not he's interfering with the goalkeeper because there's still a lot of confusion I'm still getting tweets today saying it can't be offside because the referee doesn't go to the monitor if it's offside 90% of the time he doesn't because it should be factual onside, offside but when when there is a subjective element i.e. is that player interfering with the goalkeeper he would be invited over to the monitor so nothing wrong with that but as Brian says for it to be announced that it is a, a foul, oh. uh, for it to flash up on the screen, for it to take, I don't know, what was it, 10 or 15 minutes for it then to be changed to offside. Added to that, the fact that the referee does not signal for offside when he comes onto the pitch, yeah. he does signal for a foul. Add that all into the mix, that's the bit that's tough to, not tough to take, but tough to understand. Well, we are a country who thrive on suspicion. And, you know, uh, Brian on the line uh, has called it correctly by saying that the referee's performance was substandard to begin with uh, and this suspicion over two explanations for one disallowed goal uh, it's simply not good enough but Brian as you know I'm afraid that bad refereeing is worldwide and we have uh, calls and complaints about mm. refereeing standards every night of every week, of every month. But, but this is the thing, because Hugh's not wrong to broad brush. He's saying we as a nation, we know we're, we're cynical or we don't like refereeing injustice. I like to think I always on this show try and understand it, try and understand the process. So this is not about, you know, just spitting the dummy be, be, because it's Scotland. Procedurally, if that's even a word, that was a shambles last night. Oh. It, it was a shambles. Uh, again, offside's offside, you know. So if he's offside, he's offside. That's fine. If he's fouled him, because there's no doubt Jack Henry is impeding mm. the goalkeeper. It is impeding the goalkeeper. Well, interfering with the goalkeeper. Yeah. So, so it's not a foul, though, is it? It, it gives him a little nudge. You could see At that. Best. But the biggest the biggest signal for it for me is, had he been really stopping the goalkeeper to come out and get that free kick, the goalkeeper, firstly, would have been clambering over Jack Henry. And then secondly, when the ball hit the back of the net, it would have been remonstrating for <laughs> yeah. fun with the, with the officials. He had accepted it because he wasn't clambering over mm -hmm. Jack Kenny to get the ball. He wasn't coming to take it. That free kick was going to fly mm -hmm. in the top corner whether Jack Kenny was there or not. Uh, was it enough for a foul? That's the thing because if he's offside, like I think mm -hmm. he was probably borderline offside. 
But then they've got to think, what, what was he interfering yeah. with play? Well, that means he was in fear with the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. You know, the goalkeeper never thought he was interfering because he's not complaining and about that it. Is that we, we probably do have to boil it down to that. Hugh, in terms of when we're analysing the incident, we're not analysing whether it was a foul or not anymore. We don't think. Because the no. official line is it was offside. So the only debate, if you can even call it that, is was he interfering with the goalkeeper? Do you, do you think he was, if that was the case? No. No. You don't even. I, no. I don't think he, he uh, prevented the goalkeeper from making a full attempt at stopping McTominay's free kick. The goalkeeper was just bamboozled by the free kick. I'm glad that this can all be resolved on Sunday and we can qualify by proxy on Sunday because this one could run and mm. run and run for a long time. Brian, would it, and this is very topical anyway because we do it, you know, in our domestic game and England are having their issues with it. How, how important do you think it is that people get to hear or, or see what was said between the, the refereeing team last night? I just think, to be honest with you, I just think common sense has been right out the window here. Because, like I say, all you'd have to do is for the v, VR are just ridiculous, seriously ridiculous. I think these guys are sleeping the half the games. <laughs> you know, with the recent example, Brian, yeah. you remember that the, uh, the, uh, the game between uh, Spurs and yeah. Liverpool... That it needs to be replayed, but this is the thing though. If that's going to be the case, like the Spurs and Liverpool game to be replayed for that, how many other games have what? Yeah, but that, that, that's why that's a ridiculous suggestion. Yeah, yeah, that's I, not going to happen. That won't happen because you then open an enormous can of worms. But the point I'm making about that game, you know, the. the they, they couldn't get it right And if you if you play the audio Every time something mm. like this happens mm. We're going to expose the game And you know what Brian's correct If we'd heard the audio from last night I would love to hear it Because If you get The referee giving two Different yeah. explanations What was going on between him And the, the is, people who is, are watching Is that not even more important then As to why we should hear it Because There is an important distinction here This is not the same as Oh, my team got a penalty against him and I didn't like it, so I want to hear that. This is not about the referee subjectively calling something that we disagree with, because that is going to happen. You could have a million cameras and you'll never take that subjectivity out of it. This is about the process, Kenny. How did how did it get announced as offside, uh, sorry, as a, a foul, yep. and then changed, and why... Did the referee signal for a foul? You know, this is like a bit like the Liverpool Spurs one. This is about process. This is about transparency of yeah. process. So, but I think as, so. He's gave he's offside, and he's interfering with Simon. That's right? now the official that, line. That's, that's yeah. a, so that means it is a foul. Is that fair? Uh, no. So he's no. Still, so he's just it's just he's, not offside. He's just offside. But if he had been offside and no interfering with Simon, it would have goal would have counted. Yes. So I, I think you know what. It's bit, they had a nightmare, right? That's it. The referees had a nightmare. The whole thing was like you've said, is a shambles. They've signalled for the wrong thing. They've gave a, they've not gave a goal that looked like a perfectly good goal. By the way, a perfectly good goal probably in the in the goalkeeper's eyes as well, because he was not kind of remonstrating with the with the officials. It was again, I've seen goalkeepers run into halfway lines because there's been things gave against them. By the them. way, normally they're chancing it. Is usually if there's a player anywhere near in front of the yeah. line of sight, they, they exactly, and they've never, they never done it. So it's, it's you know what? See, see whether we hear the the audio or not. It's mm. not going to change anything. Is it going to help us understand that maybe they got a little mm-hmm. bit confused the way the Liverpool Tottenham thing yeah. did play out? Absolutely, but you know what? We're lucky at this moment. It's not going to cost us. Yeah, you know, the, that, that's it. The reason I think this is different, Hugh, because obviously Scotland fans are going to be up in arms about this. But but take a look around. There are a lot of, of observers from. 
all across European football sort of saying what has gone on there last yeah. night and all it would take play that tape see if right at the start if right at the start it's right okay it's offside you're coming over to check if he's interfering with the goalkeeper and then maybe you can say right well human error he has signalled for a foul rather yep. than offside but to me and fair enough hands up never been in that high pressure situation if he's gone over and he's, the talk is so right offside 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 let's have a look is he interfering you're thinking offside offside how do you come back on and make the wrong hand gesture that does seem surprising to me we actually had commentators on, on, on one of the on the other channels actually saying it was a goal <laughs> he's actually signalled for a goal and the, and, and the goal was going to stand yeah, like it was it was carnage we, we, we do to go back to the can of worms, we do run the risk. If audio is played as it was after the Tottenham-Liverpool game, the audio exposed those in charge mm-hmm. as being incompetent. That's okay, it's transparency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's but wrong with that? We're going to, nothing at all. We're going to arrive at a situation where it will become absolutely true that the game is run by incompetence. And whatever happened to the good old days where the referee would just make the decision, we would never know if it was right or wrong, you know, so we wouldn't have had all this chat about replays and what's going, it's going to happen. I mean, like, the goal the just would have been offside. That's you know, that would be that. Replay stuff is nonsense. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think for a second you should be forced or calling for audio of every sort of decision that you don't agree with. This is not just about a decision that you disagree with. It's just trying to understand how it was arrived at. Yeah. I think I, it's important. I, I, we don't understand. Hmm, anyway. Uh, thank you to Brian. We'll speak to Tony up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are setting the world to rights after last night's game in Seville. Let's bring in Tony, who's in Bolton. How's it going, Tony? Good evening, Paddle. I'm very good, thanks. How's all yourselves? Good. No complaints. Um, a few minor ones after last <laughs> night. What are you thinking? Um, my voice is only coming back now. I was driving home from London to Bolton last night when McTominay scored. And... Uh, I nearly punched the windscreen and smashed... And nah, don't do that, Tony. That sounds reckless. Aye, and then after all that, carry on. But I just... I can't understand that I'm scunnered with it, if you know what I mean. I don't... It's absolutely ridiculous. And for to give one reason, then change it 20 minutes later, I honestly mm. don't know. I, 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 you want to be quite consistent on this. I don't think we, because it's Scotland, you know, should just spit the dummy... And, and make it all reactive People have been saying this for a while though And yeah. maybe Maybe it, maybe when it is the national team And you know you've not got that kind of club Bias or allegiance Maybe it does make one or two more people sit up And feel like Tony and just think Like just generally Is it Even if it was the right decision yeah. Are we now are, are we looking for reasons to, to You know disallow goals Is it sucking that emotion out of it People have been saying this stuff for years This is not just about yeah. Scotland goal last night um, it raises its head again I, I mean, Purely personal opinion I don't think VAR has Been good for the game And uh, you know I, I know that we will have people here Who work very hard uh, At the SFA And that they, they are trying their best I think it is putting people Off the game Got to agree I mean you know what I've, My thoughts mm-hmm. were on it Pretty much straight away 
like I said, I don't mind see when ref before VAR, pre-VAR came in and referees make mistakes and like you, you could half accept it. Yeah, you'll moan and you'll you'll get on the on the shows and you'll you'll moan about it, particularly if it cost if it costs your team. But at this moment in time, VAR, even offside, which is black and white, is it's been messed up. It's been messed up. And even last night, whether it's like you say, whether it's the right call or not the mm-hmm. right call. It's still been messed up a little bit. You know, was he offside? Was he impeding the, the goalkeeper? Did he foul the goalkeeper? Like, we don't know. We've had every explanation. We've not really had any real clarity on, 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 on what happened. And like you say, it had the audio uh, it got released. Maybe we would have that. Is it going to help? Probably not. But I just think VAR is, they're still getting things wrong. You know, the, the sending off scenario, it doesn't really, it's still somebody's opinion. It's still, yeah, the referee mm-hmm. can go to the monitor and he can have a second look at it or third look at it, whatever it is. We're still getting things wrong. And when that offside thing happened last week for me, and by the way, I don't buy that that's not going to happen again. That could happen again. We are miscommunication where something happened that you maybe just can't hear the wording uh, uh, that's coming through on the earpiece. That could happen again. So, listen, I'm with you. I don't know if it's helped mm-hmm. at all. Every Saturday or Sunday on Super Scoreboard, and you say there's been a goal at Tynecastle or Easter yep. Road or wherever. I always think the same thing. I wonder if it will stand. Hmm. And now we've got our own little jingle yeah. for uh, VR. VR. And how many times, you know, I, I, I just think that it's not necessarily a generational thing in, in this case. I just think that people in general mm. are put off by it. I think psychologically, Kenny, it's a whole new challenge for players. It's maybe something I hadn't really considered and you know, until recently that, you know, what was that old cliche about? You know, you're at your most vulnerable when you score. People used to say that, like, you know, the high of the celebration, I don't know, you take your eye off the ball, you concede. The 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 roller coaster, the, the, the more severe roller coaster of emotions that goes along with something like last night and many other incidents like it, I think that's tough for a player. Do you think that has an impact? Well, listen, Scott McTominay thought he had scored another goal for his country and, and you could just, see. Not just any Yeah, goal. it was a wonder goal. You know, and you could see how angry and frustrated he was when uh, when the goal was chopped off. So, listen, I don't think it's going to... It's, I mean, VAR's been in long enough now that you know... Mm-hmm. Listen, it's going to get checked. You know, if there's offsides there, there could be a potential foul in the build or a handball yeah. in the build-up. You know it's going to get checked. But like Hugh says, it, it does take that little bit of emotion out. I mean, the adrenaline rush when you score a goal was like no other feeling. The you know, enormity, and it, now it, it just gets taken away a little bit. The enormity of that strike... Had it been allowed to stand, talking like a generational goal, possibly, yeah, aren't yeah we? without question, because I don't think that Spain would have come back. I think they would have been totally shell shocked, and we would have uh, taken care of things at the back. Therefore, we would have made it to the finals of a European Championship by beating Spain in Spain, or even getting the draw that would have done it. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean it. Adds to the frustration, as I say, the enormity of the goal, had it been allowed to stand, would have lived with Scott McTominay for the rest of his life. In statue territory, I think, if that stands last night. Uh, Tony, but look, it's not critical in the sense that this wasn't a do or die, last game of the campaign, plenty of time for it to fix itself. Are you taking any hope or confidence from that? No, no, I'm still confident. I'm sure we'll qualify on um, Sunday. So it's no big deal, but it's just the the injustice, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But even that word, though, Hugh, I'm outlook people. What, the live streams are, is a bad idea for me on Scotland <laughs> games. I was all over the shop last night with the roller coaster of emotion. So I am willing to I, I'm willing to not go as far as injustice. See, if you're telling it's offside, 
and he, and he's interfering with the keeper. I can I can swallow that. There, there is no requirement to be biased in that regard. But clearly, in this instance, because of the way it's played out, it's the communication element of it. Yeah, also, I remember twenty years ago, old firm cup final. And Celtic uh, had See if you're about to start an argument about a decision from no, no. 20 years ago. <laughs> but Martin, I remember Martin O'Neill saying to the linesman, you've got to get the big calls right. You've got to get the big <laughs> calls right. And we had a referee in Seville last night who was on the night, I don't know how he does in the Eredivisie, but on the night was well below standard and didn't get the big calls right. Yeah, Kenny, I... Again, I, I don't think it's controversial. I don't think it's biased. I don't, I don't think it's any of that stuff. I thought he was absolutely woeful last night. Like genuinely, just just as a, a spectator, if that, if that had been two sort of neutral teams in the Champions League or whatever, I thought he was horrific. I think, I think he just went for one to the next. And as each one passed, it was like it was playing on his mind that he maybe got the last one wrong. And it, and, and it was just, like you say, it was a substandard, I think, is, uh, is kind. Because no. he, he's honest, genuinely right. Take the goal out of it. It's got the headlines and deservedly so. The the non-award of a free kick to John McGinn on the edge of the box yep. when he nearly ruptures his spleen. And I, I'm being biased. Yep. And, and definitely. Ever, ever so yeah. um, the booking Nathan Patterson got was, in, was absolutely <laughs> embarrassing. Yep. I mean, but he barely he touches his jersey. And because the lad was so small and, and it's, it's he just he's went over. I mean, that was that was a disgrace. I honestly wonder if the referee. We're all human beings, to one degree or another. But the referee seemed to me to be overawed. It looked, it, it looked too big for him, you. It yeah. looked like he was in, and I think once he got something wrong, uh, it just compounded, you know, and it went from one thing to the next. Do you not think it's maybe an indictment of the way Scottish people look? Have you not seen this uh, this article, this headline? He once got accused, I think it was in the Netherlands, or somebody got accused of uh, hating fat, bald people. <laughs> this referee... <laughs> No. So I, d- I don't know if that says anything about us as a as a nation, but there we go. Uh, let's hear from Steve Clark on it. He says there is many positives to take. Doesn't want to dwell on that controversially disallowed goal. Team played very well. Obviously disappointing to lose. Always disappointing to lose. We came here determined to qualify. It hasn't happened tonight. But I think there was a lot to be pleased with in the performance. The big moment in the game is probably the the close decision on the. Scott McDominay goal and it changes the mood a little bit you know so we can be pleased with how we performed the lads are really disappointed that we've lost the game because we, we didn't come here to lose they've made the call so there's no, there's no point in going on and on about it if you look at what they've called it I think there was a little bit of confusion at the time whether it was offside or whether it was for a foul on the goalkeeper but I tell you now there's no way in the world the goalkeeper was saving that no matter where Jackie and he was and there we are, Hugh. He is calm as always. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's so good at getting us to these scenarios. But don't, his employers don't seem quite as understanding. It looks like the Scottish FA will write, as, yeah. is, as is sometimes the way it looks seeking clarification. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm glad he didn't whinge too much about it. I'm glad he said, no point in going on about it. It's done. Need to move on. Yeah, but because we've got a show he, to fill, Steve. Yeah, so yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> but we've got the lu- he's got the luxury <laughs> yeah. of understanding that. Listen, that was, had that been. Had qualification been on that, then Can guarantee there's going to be so much. You oh, play no, the, go- look at Tony Alan Hutton. Yep. I mean, how did you feel about that, genuinely? Because I'm sure across your career like, you get decisions that go against you and you, you've got no choice to yep. accept it. See, when it's that bad yep. as it was that day at Hamden. I mean, that how, was, that was incredible. That? Like, I mean, see, for us, going into that game, 
I think had we got a draw, it might have made it go on to the next game, if I remember rightly. But we still probably needed to win. Yeah. You know, but when that happened, I mean, that was, that was a foul our way. You know, and they get the foul. And not only that, they actually then go and score for it. Mm. You know, so you're having to deal with these kind of things. But listen, we're in a position, like you say, Steve Clark is he's calm. You know, he's got 15 points out of 15 before last night. Scotland are still sitting in a wonderful position. We are going to qualify. We'll be going to Germany next year. It's just a case of when it's going to be confirmed, whether it be Sunday or whether it be us. Let's bring in Gary. Uh, Gary, what's your thoughts on last night? Uh, Good evening, Gordon. Uh, Evening, Kenny and uh, Shug. Um, Yeah, I think think more than anything else, um, let's be honest, that goal at the other end, if that's being checked, doesn't get dropped off. I don't care what MD says. That, that was a home decision last night. Um, but not only did it, did it kind of nullify the good goal that we scored, it also um, kind of gave Spain a wee bit of a jolt and I kind of I, I sensed that they'd get away with one there. We'd better get our fingers out. Because um, for the next kind of 10 minutes, they upped the tempo. The fans got behind them a bit more, a bit, a bit more of a cauldron. So it wasn't just a disallowance of the goal. It was, it was things that kind of... The game changed right on that kind of decision. Um, now, one thing I would say is that considering how... how well. Maybe 10, 15 years ago, a rampant teach game team like that would have took maybe five or six of Scotland in a night like last night because they did, they did um, kind of uh, pepper the goals with, with efforts and we were lucky to get away with a few. But um, the Scotland team nowadays has got that much resilience and they've got such a structure that um, I never thought last night, even for the first minute when they should have scored through the Ferran Torres, I never thought it was, it was going to be a 4 5 6 0 shot. Um, and I think again, that speaks volumes of where the team's at and the kind of progress we've made. That's and why. That's why, Gary, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we don't go on about this for too much longer because it, at the same time, takes away from the work that uh, Steve Clark's done. As you rightly point out, pivotal moment in the game because it, it sparked Spain into life, whereas we had gone there with a maturity and an approach that was unlike the past that you speak about. Uh, so Steve Clark's done too much to be down as a whinger about bad referees because bad referees will always be with us yeah because what last night did Kenny is it obviously didn't get the point required for uh, qualification it also pretty much well did it wiped out the head to head advantage over Spain if we just lost 1-0 we've still got the superior head to head so it's now level 2-0 and 2-0 and their goal difference is vastly superior to ours so actually and around although we are hoping that Spain, uh, Norway, sorry, drop points. Probably a draw is actually the best yep. result in, yeah. in in Norway on Sunday. Um, and as, as Gary says, I don't think I hope no one's pretending Scotland did enough to win that game, um, or you know definitely deserve to win it. But there were elements of it to suggest who possibly was a bit harsh in the nature of the second goal. How how, how harsh is that on two players that were particularly good in Hickey and Portis? Yeah, listen, Hickey's been outstanding over the over the course of the campaign. Uh, listen, it's just a slip. That's it. It happens. Unfortunate for him last night. I mean, it, it cost us a goal. Have been worse in terms yeah. of how it presented yeah, itself, listen, and it looks awful as well when you when you look at back. But by the way, see for Porteous, he, he's got to go in there and try and get onto yeah, something, yeah. and it's just on the the follow through carries the ball into the into the net. But it was it was harsh on us because you're right. I don't think we've done anywhere near enough to win the game. But there's different types of games, mm-hmm. and I felt we were actually quite happy 
defending. Well, we're quite happy staying in our, in our shape and being resilient and frustrating. Spain, this Spain team are not like the Spain team years gone past. How many crosses did they put in? We kept yeah. saying this last night, and they do eventually score from one. So fair play to them. Well, I, I think from everywhere. I think one of the one of the main things was Navas coming on as well because he he goes more direct and he goes quicker. You know, and it was a wonderful cross. But I, I still look at it for another point. I still think it was poor for us that, that we've not been able to deal with the cross when you've got guys in there that were defending for a life to allow Marata just to kind of ghost in there and get a free header but it was a wonderful cross and it was a good header but right. two might be a little bit harsh on us but I genuinely thought was, there was a point even just before McTominay well, I mean I think we could we could maybe nick this you know because we're really frustrating them they've not created any any great opportunities to score uh, and I think at 1-0 I think she Adams has had a couple of good opportunities to equalise for as well they were our best chances of the game so uh I, I, particularly the first one I felt if he had just got a little bit more on it the keeper was already away it probably would have just got it into the other corner so uh, yeah listen it was Spain line share possession clearly the dominant team but I think we were quite comfortable within it when the goal is sco- uh, disallowed the old Scottish fatalistic attitude kicks in you just know without any doubt that there goes your chance and they will score having missed chances having been decent but not outstanding you just know the minute the goal is disallowed yeah. they'll go up the park and score and they did what do you think Gary? I think yeah I think I was a bit fatalistic myself actually because yes yeah, it's like you says it's like um, yeah that was the that was the chance but I would say again I, I, I'm the one to bring club football into this but I feel as though that um, if I don't really want teams in Scotland um can I compete with their big favourite nations? Um, it's, it's a wee bit. It's like the the, the the big team decision, and I suppose it's some of the fans, you know. And I suppose some of the some of the fans of your clubs feel as though we get the decisions week in week out. Um, so I suppose we can maybe see where they're coming from. But yeah, I feel as though UEFA. I think Scotland are their favourite kind of country, and that goes for club and national. I think you have to be careful with that though, you, because of the implications of bias there, and uh, you know. The, Corruption and what have you. I think the referee was overawed, had a very bad night, and also into the bargain was overawed. I don't know whether he, he, he took a look at Rodri and other famous Spanish players and thought, oh, wow, I wonder, <laughs> if, wonder if I can get his shirt at the end of the game. Doesn't sound ideal. No, no, of course not. But he's, he's had a rank bad mm. night. Thank you to Gary, 01419511025, if you would like to join in. And please do. You can send your tweets to us as well at Clyde SSB if you'd rather communicate that way. And whilst you get your calls in, let me tell you about this. Ah, we've ended the week with no winner, I'm afraid. Today's caller picked up the phone within five rings, but just like yesterday, they answered by saying hello, which means no one takes home £110,000. You would just answer every call for the rest of your life with Make Me A Winner, wouldn't you? Just to be sure. However, we're upping the ante, moving on to Monday, £112,000. If you fancy it, and who wouldn't, text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025 text are £2 plus your standard network rate you can also enter at Clyde1.com and online entries are £2 or call 0330 880 4523 
and the calls are charged at a standard rate. It is over 18s only and if you've entered since David won on Wednesday, don't worry, you don't need to re-enter. Your entry would still be valid. But all the rules for this network competition are online and if you get the call from us after 3pm on Monday the 16th of October, answer within five rings, say make me a winner straight away and £112,000 could be yours. So text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish Football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are here and they're about to be joined on the line by Alan How are you Alan? How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Are you well? I'm good thanks, yeah thank you yeah, Good man, what's your point tonight? Well my point is I don't know about all the hullabaloo's about the Scotland goal being disallowed It's a clear mm. obvious foul in the goalkeeper Jack Henson knew exactly what he was doing when the ball was whipped in. He took one step to the right, he put his arm across the goalkeeper, and the goal, he struck to the goalkeeper, the ball went in the net, and it's quite right, it's dropped offside. I chopped for a goal, sorry, I, I fell on the goalkeeper. But, what, but that's what I'm saying, it's, it's, it wasn't, it was now offside, remember, so it's not a foul on the goalkeeper. Well, he, well, he can have, he can have a, a double jeopardy. So, to me, when, when, the, when his free kick was taken, he put his right leg towards the goalkeeper. Right, so is that not offside because he can score with his foot? No, no, that's what I'm saying, but this, remember, this is what we kind of said at the start. See if it's just offside and you kind of have to trust the technology. That, that's fine. I think most people are most people are just curious about the, the process. I think, you know, why it was said it was one and then it was the other and was there the right signal? If, if there's a simple explanation to that stuff, I think people just want to hear it. That's all right, isn't right. it? Well, I've, I've not been privy to the conversation. I, I just all came right. in from work tonight. I didn't see the game last night because it was at a meeting... Uh, I came in and I've seen the the replay on the TV tonight. As soon as the ball went in and I've seen Jack Henry moving towards the goalkeeper, my first instinct at the time was, yes, it's a foul on the goalkeeper. Well, there's an obstruction in the goalkeeper. But if he moves his right foot, then I don't know, I've never heard, I've never heard the conversation uh, from the programme only just tuned in the last 10 minutes. But if, the, if, if Val's coming back and saying it's offside, then yes, it is debatable. No, no, but, actually, I think yeah. it's the other way. Is it not the other way around? Because I'm fine, generally. If that's offside, it's offside. Alan's got his opinion, we can have our... I don't think... Oh. I think if that is a... If that is a foul on the goalkeeper, I think football's in real, real bother about what's appropriate contact and what isn't. But if it's offside, fine. Well, you know, it's a matter of personal interpretation on Alan's part, and this programme is all about personal interpretation, so he's perfectly entitled to hold that particular view. Uh, as you say, it's the process that's disturbing and, uh, you know, two different explanations for one decision. And Kenny, again, it's not even... Some of the accusations from some people will obviously be strong, but see if there's a simple explanation for it all. Fine, let's hear it. Like, someone's just sent me a link saying, oh, there's now, like, another angle appeared and, and maybe he did signal for offside. Okay. Shows it then. Just explain it. Just shows it. it. Just yep. explain it. Just shows it. I think when, when you've got VAR now it is under so much scrutiny that they need to get these big calls right. So see if it is right and there's just been a little bit of a miss, then just show it. Just clear everything up so we're not actually debating about it because I kind of half agree with Alan. I say to you, I, could, mm-hmm. I, I was the exact same when I seen Jack Henry there. Had he been offside, I'm thinking this goal's going to get ruled out because he is impeding the goalkeeper. Again, I'm going to say it. The goalkeeper's not trying to get to the ball, though, but he is in a yeah. position that would have stopped him had he tried to that's get to a, the ball. That's another bugbear, Kenny. Every time they're sent to the monitor, the goal's mm. chopped off. Uh, you know, Stevie Clark said it last night, as soon as he saw him go to the monitor, he knew he would chalk it off. 
uh, you know, and we could not rely on last night's referee to be a man of steel. See, to be honest, all right, I, I, I don't think that has to be always displayed as a negative thing because ultimately the people in the VAR room should be more informed. Yeah, they can see it in, their over in over, slow yeah. motion and different angles. So I think it's natural that going to the monitor is going to lead to a change what, in decision. What I interests think me now, the SFA have asked. Uh, or are in the process of asking for clarification over what happened there. It would be very interesting to see how UEFA explain themselves mm. here, uh, to see mm-hmm. if there is room to say, well, that's not satisfactory, really. I think a transcript or an audio of the conversation is see, is so simple. Because yeah. it would totally click. Because as Alan says, look, if he's offside and he's in front of the goalkeeper, I know for look for some people there's still a debate about is he interfering. And but I, I think most people would at least come closer to getting that right. Fine, he's offside. It's just about how did you arrive at that decision? When did you arrive at that decision? And surely a transcript of the conversation clears that up quick and, as you like. And the SFA are entitled and I think obliged to make their reply from UEFA public so that everyone Alan included who believes it was a foul on the goalkeeper let everyone be told why UEFA arrived mm. at this decision and why they instructed mm. the referee to arrive at this decision I think that's fair Alan because you're right look it, it, this is if if the rules have been followed then so be it and you can't go writing for every decision that you don't agree with and so on but is it fair to just try and understand what happened in terms of the process well, well, VAR, VAR's a joke from us for a start. I mean, everybody was, yep, right, let's go for VAR in Scottish football. But since it's came in, there's been so many contentious decisions. It's been unbelievable. And I'll go back to the, 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 the Bessers incident at Ibrox um, for, um, and for VAR to call that back and say it's a free kick because he's put his front, his foot in front of Lagabielka. A lot of nonsense. Aye, good, that's just what we need. Is another debate about that? <laughs> right, I think you're buying on as well. We've only spent the last six weeks arguing about it. But again, that this is what we do, Hugh, right? Yeah. Because this is this is not about a subjective issue as to whether Dessers was or wasn't fouled. It's also not about all these terrible decisions in Scottish football. This yeah. is about what football globally asked for yeah. somebody after years of pressure or whatever thought this level of intervention was good and up until this point decided also that you're not really allowed for transparency when it comes to the process see if a decision goes for or against your team that bit is actually tough that's the bit you need to suck up but the process needs to be right it's funny your mind goes back to programs here where people said we need to get VAR in because that will clear up all of these mistakes. When you think about it now, there was an an innocent belief that VAR overnight would eradicate mistakes and everything would be fine. In actual fact, it has made everything worse. And, you know, it's not exclusive to Scotland. As I say, the biggest mistake of the season happened in London when Spurs were playing Liverpool. But... I think the SFA, when they get this explanation, let the whole country know what UEFA said to them by way of clarification, because I'd love to read it. just think, and I'm I'm possibly getting to broken record stage, I acknowledge that, Kenny, but we sometimes need, this is is not about 
Listen, this is not like Dessers. This is not about whether you thought something was a foul or it wasn't. It goes a bit beyond that. That's all people are asking it's, it's, for. It's because they've messed up. You know, like the Liverpool yeah. one. This is about oh, yeah. what happened there. Not yeah. what, not not why have you made the decision that I don't like. It's about what happened there. I tell you why. Why sometimes like. It doesn't help because I'm always sometimes that little bit cynical. It's like a lot of the callers are sometimes oh, yeah, the off sidelines and the off sidelines and all these things. See when the referees get together now, now they get their story straight. Now they've got three, four days to come out and now come out with this oh, incredible explanation. Right well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, right? Because I played a game one day and a player got sent off with my team, and I made a point of asking the referee why was he sent off because it was dodgy, and he gave me an answer, and then we found out on the report it was a different answer, and that was the thing. Because us, they go away the and they look at... Oh, you know what, because I can't actually remember the exact <laughs> details. But what it was is, it was, you've got a chance to go back and look at it. This was pre-VAR, obviously. You've got a chance to go back and look at it, and then you came up with, well, that's why it was. And it's not the answer I was given on the field of play. So when you get these, the chance to go away and look at it, and everybody gets together, then, then, then you come back with a story that sounds, yep, it was a wee mistake, it was an honest mistake, and that's fine. But ultimately, it's probably been the right call. That, that's the thing on this one Offside's offside Again even though I you think in Scotland particularly We do question it But It's uh, ah, Listen I just I think you just move on for it You know And Steve Clark's right mm. It's not going to cost us We just need to move on Do you remember We used to have the SFA Whistleblower site Where referees On a Monday Come on and explain themselves And they had to discontinue Because It was Becoming more and more Obvious that The games weren't being handled properly So Liverpool, when they asked for the audio after the Spurs game, were able to mm. show that this was a clear-cut case of incompetence. That was a good thing, though. That was good yeah. that that happened. Yeah, but we're taking the game into a very dangerous territory. There will not be games replayed because... No, that's exactly... That's you, nonsense. We're replaying the, every league Math, every weekend. Matthew's questioning whether an audio transcript or a, audio or a transcript will help because they were speaking Dutch. Matthew, I like to think UEFA could hook us up with a good translator. <laughs> Uh, with all their all their, their money that we all contribute to. So anyway, let's bring in this already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. It feels like a real episode of Clyde One Super Scoreboard now that we managed to make that about a Rangers Celtic Celtic yeah, Rangers yeah, yeah. thing there, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. It, did, it took Took a good 45 minutes, but yeah. we got there in the end. Let's cut to the real heart of the issue. I'm just waiting for James Tavernier and penalties to come up now. It is beat the pundit time. It's 01419511025, and you have until 7 to get your calls in. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here They're waiting for you to get in touch So keep them coming There has been lots said About a disallowed Scott McTominay goal last night Is there anything else to say on it? Maybe if you feel that is the case Keep the calls coming uh, Maybe we could turn attention a bit more to You know the sort of performance Some of the talking points Some of the mistakes made Some of the near misses at the other end Whatever you took away from the actual game We could move on to that by all means and maybe you Rangers fans, if you don't want to do international football, did you think we would get to the end of the first week of the break without a manager? Are you all feeling pretty calm about it? Do you expect it over the weekend? When is too long? All your thoughts on that, please get them into us and we will play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Last night. We have to talk about Mark Wilson. Oh. Not only did he lose, uh-huh. he got a zero oh. last night. I was tuned in. 
I know. I, I noticed your <laughs> reference earlier. Don't you worry. I, I didn't even noticed. What is the nickname of the Spain national team? And he said the Spaniards. The Spaniards. <laughs> Helped by his partner in crime, I think well, that, that was that's aided the thing. by it. Yeah. They're a bad combination because yeah. once Mark starts getting them wrong, DL rubs it in and he got a zero. So pressure's off you two. Can't get worse well, than that. See, look, not only have I never had a zero. What's in your box? Kevin Little in here. Thank you very much. Kevin sent me this. These are my answers on the night when I got a perfect ten. That's one. Let, let me hold that up purely because I think it's easier for the camera, right? I think there's a method to my madness, hopefully, and it should follow my voice, so to speak. And I don't know if we can zoom in on it a bit. So remember, Hugh Keevans did the unthinkable. <laughs> he got 10 out of 10 on Beat the Pundit. What is the gentleman's name? Kevin Liddell. Kevin Liddell has turned Hugh Keevans' correct answers into a mug. And he's got it all positioned so that the letters in the middle line up to say perfect 10. That's yeah. great, that. Because I looked at it. What a collector's item. Dessers was my last answer. I know it was. I remember it. But I didn't understand the, the concept here that you put them... All 10 answers are there. Brilliant. It's the old Morecambe and Wise joke. Playing all the right notes, not necessarily in the right order. Matthew is in Irvine. How's it going, Matthew? Can you hear me, Matthew, all right? Oh, oh, signal issues in Irvine. Oh. Yeah. I think that's never good because I, I can't have that level of uncertainty. Absolutely not. Got to be a don't joke. any more controversy after no, last night. No, we don't. Certainly, Matthew will be writing to me for clarification <laughs> uh, on the rules, <laughs> but we'll try and get Matthew's line cleared up, and we'll need to toss the coin. I've downgraded from a fifty p to a oh. twenty oh. this season. <laughs> Cost of living crisis. Uh, Matthew, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yes, got you loud and clear. What about this mug next to me? <laughs> you buy a mug. Exactly, right. Who would you rather face if you had the choice? Uh, neither, probably. But <laughs> oh, that's not going to work out. Like, head, heads, it's... Probably Shinsuke. Shinsuke. Heads, it's Shinsuke. And tails, it is Kenny Miller. And it is, it's Shinsuke, the mug man, up against Matthew and Irvin. So what we'll do is give Hugh some greatest hits radio to listen to. Uh, and we'll get the clock up and running for you, Matthew. 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can. If you want to pass and move on, please do, OK? Yeah, right, top man, your time starts now. Who replaced Andy Robertson last night? Okay. Lewis Palma joined Celtic from a club in which country? Who is the only player in the Scotland squad from Bournemouth? Which former Rangers player started in defence for Sweden last night? Um, Who's currently third in the Scottish Premiership? Middle. Who left Celtic for Southampton in July 2013? Um, mm, okay, okay. Uh, Let's bring him back. Hugh, can you hear us? I can. Good. Same set of questions to you. Your time starts now. Who replaced Andy Robertson last night? Um, Patterson. Louis Palma joined Celtic from a club in which country? Greece. Who's the only player in the Scotland squad from Bournemouth? Uh, Liam Cooper. Which former Rangers player started in defence for Sweden last night? Philippe Hallander. Who's currently third in the Scottish Premiership? Uh, St Mirren. Who left Celtic for Southampton in July 2013? Oh, pass. How many league games have Rangers lost so far? Three. In what decade did Spain last lose a Euro qualifier at home? The 60s. They're good, that'd be quite something. Uh, <laughs> Matthew, how do you think that went? Oh, you done me. Mm, not so sure. I'm a bit worried. I think we've got VAR on one of these. 
And that's the last thing I needed. Um, who replaced Greece. Say that again. I changed it to Greece. Mm, oh, Matthew. Sometimes the best thing to do is stay silent. <laughs> I meant to say I said Greece all along. Changing it is no use to me. Right, we'll, go, we'll get to that. Andy Robertson was replaced by Nathan Patterson. So Hugh does go one in front. Um, Luis Palma joined Celtic from a club in which country? Hugh said Greece. Matthew thinks just outed himself as having said something first and then yeah. changed it to Greece, which we can't have, I'm afraid. So it's an equaliser for Hugh. No. Two oh, up. sorry, 2-0 two, two to Hugh. However, Ryan Christie plays for Bournemouth. Not Liam Cooper, he's Leeds. Oh. Yeah, so one back for Matthew. Philippe Hillander is correct. Started for Sweden last night. Rangers fans, Kenny, are saying, Hold, what was, <laughs> what's happened to this guy? Yep. What's happened to this guy? Of years. He's not been fit for, for two years and he's making appearances for Sweden. Played alongside... Wagner Bielka Who scored incidentally um, And I've talked so much That I've forgotten the score Are we level? No, oh. no. One back One in it three. Did Matthew get Hollander? Matthew got that as well Yes yeah, yeah, so three, 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 uh, Third in the Premiership St Mirren You both got that Who left Celtic for Southampton In July 2013 It was Wanyama Matthew gets it oh, And oh. equalises Forster was after that Van Dijk after that And then Armstrong After that still how many league games have Rangers lost so far? It is three, which means Hugh Keevens pips it. Uh, Matthew, I, I was I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt on Greece. I was just going <laughs> to pretend I couldn't hear you. What did you say first? I said Honduras, then said oh, Greece. Oh, didn't give an answer, so. Listen, I need to accept yeah, your first answer. Yeah. I know. Uh, and incidentally, Spain last lost a Euro qualifier in the noughties, 2003. Oh. Against Greece. You see, last night you kept saying 125 games and only five defeats. I thought, oh, yeah, I know. Back in the day. There we go. Thank you, Matthew. It was a pleasure Thank to have you on. Yeah, see Good you, man. man. I, I see it. It's a tough school, this. I think that's harsh on Matthew. And I genuinely couldn't really hear it. So I was just going to give him the benefit of the doubt until he admitted himself. So that he answer, you know the drill. I know, yeah. but I genuinely couldn't hear yeah. it. I knew something went on. So um, you try to say you might have been a wee bit of controversy and maybe cheated uh, uh, yeah, signal to him. I gave the wrong yeah. refereeing signal, apparently. Um, the under-21s are playing tonight at Fir Park. They are playing Hungary. A few interesting, well, they're all interesting names to watch out for, but obviously every time Ben Doak plays at the moment yeah, because people yeah. are saying, well, what's next? Is there a, is there a senior call-up coming? Max Johnson's back on familiar territory uh, in there as well. Um, Leon King, I think, plays... Liam Morrison captains the side, so... You know, we're, we're in the midst of a fantastic time under Stevie Clark, but even John McGinn, Super John McGinn, is 29 next week, and we're looking for those who are coming after the current crop, and clearly Ben Doak is the number one superstar in the making, so we're looking for Scott Gemmell to come up with some others. 01419511025 If anything happens in that game I'll tell you about it if Anything that you need to know uh, Do get your calls or your tweets in uh, If you want to change the topic away from international football You can do But you need to pick up that phone 01419511025 Scott is on the line How's it going Scott? Alright guys, yours? Good, good what, what did you take away from last night? Let's move it away from this refereeing stuff for a bit I'm not really a big scholar for back in the like 70s and 80s I used to see all the games at Hamden used to go and watch the home internationals back in the day um, and I sort of drifted away from international football more into club football but I thought last night watching it some of the younger players guys like Ryan Portis who my calls really about um, and Aaron Hickey 
show that we can produce really good players. Not obviously, I've not counted Lewis Fergus, not he was not on the pitch, but um, it shows we can produce players that can play at a higher level. Um, we just need to give them a chance, and that's that's something that my club just isn't doing just now. Um, is it all right to go into my point? Can you really show that we didn't that? Absolutely. Which club? Because I think there's a few that probably aren't doing it. Uh, Celtic. Right, go on um, then. We, we lost Ben Dope to Liverpool because basically the boy was 16 year old. He looks as if he's one of these players, or one in a one in a multi type players come through. All the, all the goods can do. Some players can can play at a high level. He's already doing down in Liverpool. He's managed to break into the team. My concern is the amount of young talent that Celtic's losing, and also the other clubs are losing down south, and neither Celtic or Rangers are moving for them. Um, my, my real point was about Ryan Portis. Ryan Portis went to Watford for £450,000, I think he's he was. We bought Lager Bielka, who I think will be a good player, but he's still quite young. We ever bought Lager Bielka for five times that. Five times that. I've never even heard of the boy before. Not to say he's not going to be a good player. But why did Celtic not move for the guy at £450,000? At the time, Ryan Portis was having problems on and off the park, and maybe, and I'm you know I'm speculating here, but maybe there were doubts about his temperament. I'll put it that way. He has They've undoubtedly been gone wrong now, though. Yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. But uh, I think he had even kind of disproved that a little bit because he was still playing for Scotland when he was in the Hibs jersey. If that was when he made that game against Ukraine, Ukraine I think it was. So uh, he showed a real maturity that night. The other point we made you know, about the Ben Dokes of this world, they regard Liverpool as being bigger yeah. than Celtic, and that—that's you know, Celtic have lost players to Bayern Munich uh, and to Liverpool. Now it's just a fact of life that young men regard mm. these moves as being what they want to do. You know, I, I, I realise Scott that as a Celtic fan, you think how can they possibly leave Celtic? That's not how they think. Yeah, I, you could do a whole. We could do a whole <coughs> show on on that. You know, the, the kind of when players move on and why and, and what clubs can do. What what is it about Ryan Porteous that makes you think our bigger clubs should have taken a look, Scott? Well, well what's your performance last night? Did he look out of place there? As against the, one of the best teams in Europe, did he look out of place? No, he didn't. And I, 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 the same goes for Aaron Hickey as well. Aaron Hickey's another player that was at Celtic when went to Hearts. And so it was the other way about I think it went to Hearts at, at youth level Then Celtic Then went back to Hearts Even at 17 year old 18 year old When you see them Playing the cup final Against Celtic The guy didn't look out of place I just think that Well you're not spending Three and four Maybe four million pound In players from abroad Of the same age When the guys are right On our doorstep And we can pay A lot less for it I mean Aaron Hickey went out Went to Bologna Done, done himself justice over there Then earned another big move Surely the people That are in charge at the clubs and I'm not just talking Celtic obviously Rangers as well we should be trying to look at the local the local talent because if you look at Celtic squad just now we've got three guys in our European squad but they'll kick a ball for us this season yeah Kenny do we as someone who as someone who started at, you know out with Celtic or Rangers and, and made their way there from Scotland is there a is there a, I don't know what is it is it a snobbery or because <coughs> You look at you. You genuinely couldn't afford Lewis Ferguson now, probably, or wouldn't spend it. Yep. You couldn't afford Darren Hickey now. Yep. I don't think there's any doubt I, about those. I, th- I think Scott's right. I think both Rangers and Celtic have got away from a source of players that 
I've served them so well over a number of years. Rangers and Celtic have always went to the Hibs, to the Hearts, to the Aberdeens, the Dundee United, and took their best player. And it's listen, it's not every, taking best player for everybody. Yeah, you'll highlight what you're looking for, and actually then go and taking them for the uh, uh, the best teams in our league. Rangers and Celtic have got away for that. I agree with him on Porteous. I think he would have been a good signing for either one of the old firm. Uh, and you look at what Rangers recruitment has been this summer. Mm. I think there's probably at least a couple of players in, in, our, in our league that Rangers could have went for, like Scott says, for lesser fees, a lot less wages, and probably would have came and done a better job. Uh, so Lewis Ferguson is the intriguing one. You know, the, the, his uncle Barry played for Rangers, and his dad, Derek, played for Rangers, <coughs> and they've somehow let him slip through the net. Uh, and what a career he is making for himself mm. in Italy. Well, it was going to be the next big one to get a move. I mean, Aaron Hickey's went, what was it, 18 million from Bologna into Brentford. He's getting linked with Arsenal, with Liverpool, with, uh, I think Man United also. He's been linked with over the, over the coming, over the last few months. Lewis Ferguson is going to get a big move as well because he's, he's playing outstanding there. He's, he's scoring goals like he did for Aberdeen. So he's going to be the next one to move. Let's, let's he, bring it back a little bit just to the... the the player or the players that have sparked Scott's point how, how much of a how quickly has this happened that I don't know if people realise just how much of a stalwart Ryan Porteous has become because I, I know there are a few options in there but you, he came in and played that game against Ukraine as you mentioned uh, which was in September last year and he started every single competitive match since this you know Scott McKenna who, who obviously you know has come in plays in the English Premier League You've got Liam Cooper, who has been in English Premier League and down in the Championship now. You know he's the, he's the captain, leads. Ryan Porteous is now the first choice, or certainly one of two first choice centre yeah, backs. Scott's made um, the right choice of player there to highlight uh, because there are many layers to this argument, and you you pointed this out, Gordon. That there's a kind of a need to go exotic. You know the number of Asian players we've got here now. Uh, even Aberdeen when they were... Uh, Which doesn't, isn't necessarily wrong either. No, but, but there is an inclination, I think Scott feels this, there's an inclination towards the would-be exotic players and a disinclination to look at the guy who plays 50 miles away. Uh, and maybe Scott's absolutely right that people should be paying greater attention. Uh, I mean, St Mirren, for example, uh, well, Lennon Miller at Motherwell, I mean, there's one, a, a natural one. Before long, he'll be off somewhere uh, when he should be kept in Scotland, if possible. St Mirren have talent there, uh, the Ryan Strains and Mark O'Hara's and so on and so forth who could do a job at Celtic or Rangers level. Uh, but perhaps we'll just get into this obsession now with foreign players. Has Ryan Porteous impressed you, Kenny? He impressed me for the minute he came in. You know... What, what he got is, he started playing at Hibs quite a young age, uh, got himself involved in way too many situations on the field, uh, and I, I just think his behaviours weren't right, you know, and that's maybe something that went against him. But in football in terms, he's, he's fast, he's aggressive, because he's not the biggest, but he's, a, he's really aggressive, he can play, he can pass, like for a modern day centre-back and you want to play a certain way, you need to be able to pass, he, he can see the passes, he can execute the passes, he's got all the tools. You know, so it's uh, it's no surprise to see him. And it's like when he's got into that national team for that game, he was probably in the midst of a lot of carry on being at Hibs and, and, and some kind of behaviours on the field that were just wrong. But he stepped into that game and he showed a real maturity his performance. And you're like you say, he's played every Scotland game since. He's been a stalwart in that defence through this campaign, which has been incredible 
how successful it's been over this last uh, over this last few months, and he's been at the heart of it. So. That's uh, again. He's, he's a he's a really good example of a player just slipping through the net. And uh, again, he's not even went to the big clubs or the big That's league. The he's went to the championship, you know. So uh, there's no doubt he's he's got the capabilities to then move on. Thank you, Scott. What do you make of what you're hearing so far? Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We'll speak to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here. I've just tried to get changed during the break and look at the state of that jumper. It's bad that we're on the live stream. I'm all over the place here, Hugh Keevans. Oh, it's a nightmare, honestly. By the way, because that's a little bit Oh, you'll deliberately leave a shirt if you get a jumper on top. Come on, let's let's not be silly about this. Uh, John and Larbert has sent the question in tonight, so let's get it ready for these two. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride. Thank you to John. Apparently, this has got a bit of a... Friday the 13th slash Ryan Porteous theme what can go wrong exactly what does go wrong own goals go wrong Ryan Porteous uh, involved in what did the final touch come off him last night yeah did that go down as an own goal Uh, I just didn't even bother to check in the aftermath of all the madness can you name the last six players to score an own goal in an old firm game can you name the last six players to score an own goal in an old firm game? Quite simple. Uh, and don't forget, just like John did tonight, send your questions over to fulltime at clyde1.com. What are we going for? Did near Beaton do it? He didn't actually, no, he did not. Charlie Mulgrew? No. Charlie. Uh, this is a thinker though, Hugh. We're going to have to really yeah, dig into this yeah. one. This is not just obvious answers, right? No, no, I think the last the last three, uh, the, the sort of first three are recent they're, they're recent players so yeah. they've been kind of good place to start the three after McGregor. that you're going way back yes yeah, Callum McGregor for the uh, at Ibrox yeah. January 2021 our colleague Stephen Mill got that just at the exact same time as you did I just beat him pipped him uh, just, he was typing no I can, I can <laughs> see it um, he should have just went for the initials how far back are we going for well, that should I really tell you right now nah it's too early for clues isn't it they're all this century right I'll give you that much Yep. Okay. The last six are all this century. Um, uh, oh, who is it? Mistorovic? No, actually. Nope. 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 What about the more recent ones? So you've not got, believe it or not, Callum McGregor is third most recent. Two after yeah. that, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll it, the under 21s are. Wasn't I seen that yet? 2 0 up against yeah. Hungary inside the opening. Six, seven minutes. Well, Kieran Bowie has got two already. That's a nice start, that. Yeah. I'll take that all day long. Well done, because uh, it's always a, it's always a debate that at that level, Kenny. But you know how much is it about results? How much are you trying to prepare guys? Because ultimately there'll be some like well, like Aaron Hickey, like Andy Robertson, certainly like Kieran Tierney, Billy Gilmore. We don't play that many twenty ones games. They yeah. can almost skip it. Um, but then that's not for everyone Some people I'm pretty sure John McGinn Probably put in quite a few hard yards yep. For the 21s Did you play many? Uh, I think I got maybe 9 or 10 Yeah, right, That's still a decent yep. Decent number isn't it But it's um, Where's the balance Between trying to Kind of get 
results and, and just really prepare players for football? What's your own take on that? Listen, I think you need to, again, also that's that's part of the club's job, isn't it? I'd like to get them prepared and develop mm-hmm. them for first team football. I, I still think for the, for the national team, the under 21s, you still want to try and make major finals, you still want to have, like, have a level of success. Uh, I mean, going away for these two or three days, I mean, what is it really going to prepare them for? Uh, in terms of moving them forward, I think the clubs will play more of a, a role in that. But it's the natural stepping stone to actually, if you're performing for the under 21s and you're the best player in the under 21s, so for instance, like, like, like a Ben Doak's maybe going to be, the natural next step's going to be getting into the, into the first team squad. Yeah, let's hear a bit more from the Scotland camp after last night. Uh, let's hear more from the manager, Stevie Clark. Maybe the result on Sunday night goes in our favour and we, we can qualify from that. But we don't qualify because of that result. We qualify because of the work we've done to have 15 points from six games. That's why we'll qualify if, if the result goes our way at the weekend. If it doesn't go our way and Norway win, then we have a very realistic chance in the two games in November to win the section. And that's what we'll focus on. Will it happen Sunday? Yeah, I, I, I think that Spain are good enough to get... A draw. You say that it will happen on Sunday. Norway will not beat Spain. Yeah. And Norway, he say that. Yes. Um, Your own take, putting Hugh Keevan's dodgy prediction history aside. Uh, I'm not as as confident as you. I mean, I think Spain will go on as overwhelming favourites, but I I just that's twice we've watched Spain against Scotland now, and I've I've not been Mm. impressed. I think yep, they play some really really good football. Yes, they've got some good players. I thought Scotland were pretty comfortable in their shape and defending it last night. They were definitely at Hamden. Uh, maybe they've got that switch that we've seen against the was it the Georgia game where they yeah. went and put seven past Georgia. So, uh, nah, listen, I think it's going to be a big ask for Norway to beat them, I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, they're still... Because they, they want to not only qualify, but, but win the group as well. Yeah. Spain... Um, it was clearly at the back of Stevie Clark's mind as well that we want to win the group. He mm-hmm. wants to have that distinction against... His name, the names of his players. We were in a group with Spain and Erling Haaland, and we we won the group. That's that's what he wants to say. Well, that's where you get fussy, Kenny, because we've all you know last night everyone saying, "Oh, what's this like? We're now going to need to support Spain on Sunday." But only up to a point. Actually, the best result for Scotland is a draw. A yep. draw there, Scotland qualify, and it dents Spain's hopes of finishing top spot so that's the ideal yeah, scenario it's the dream scenario for us that Norway get a draw and it allow, puts us back in the driving seat with a, in our own hands if we can go and take care of the last two games against uh, Georgia and Norway then we could finish top of the group so you, that's that's what we're hoping for you've been there in terms of in the Scotland camp would it take anything away whatsoever if you're having to just watch it happening in a hotel nah not for, listen the what's been put in you know, yeah. it's been put in. Like, to go there, like Hugh says earlier, to go to Spain and have done it, like, I mean, what a size of a task to actually go and do it. Had that been the last game and we needed to go do it, you know, it would have been an incredible result then. The hard work's been done. Mm-hmm. 15 points out of 15, then you go and lose in Spain. That's that's no problem. Uh, the hard work's done. No, so I don't think it'll take anything. It'll be another second Euros, consecutive Euros qualified for, for Steve and his team. So... It will not, I don't think it would take anything away from it. Listen, we'd have loved to have done it last night with, with a massive result away in Spain. Who was it? Five games in 125 that they've lost. It would have been a massive result and they would have been still celebrating now. But Sunday night, if it happens, no when, if it happens, huh. then they'll still be celebrating. Scotland teams of old would have kicked the backside right out of it in the hotel that night then, Hugh. I don't oh. know if that's still the done thing. Small matter of France and a friendly on Tuesday, yeah, by the way. Yeah, exactly, but there's an entirely different breed of football <laughs> on now. The, the guys that I came up the road with 
Wow The, the party would have been quite something um, it's always interesting when we can kind of marry international news up with the, the club stuff here A first Australia start for Ryan Strain of St Mirren tonight against England Not a bad game to make your full debut in is it? So we wish them well from a Premiership he, perspective listen, And he deserves it as well, what a, what a performer he's been uh, since he's landed on our shores at St Mirren uh, Yeah, Again like I said I knew him for, if, 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 if he'd been a crossfire right, and he was really really Strong, probably one of the best right backs, if not the best right back in the league. So he's done great, deserves his call up, and wish him all the best. And you remember this from the World Cup. So he plays Kai Rolls, Keanu Bacchus, and Martin Boyle all start, all play in the Premiership. Harry Souter, who used to, and the brother yeah. of John, and Jackson Irvin, who used to as well, all playing for Australia against England tonight. So I don't think we'll have the chance to keep that one. Get, get Scott back on. Who? The earlier caller who was going about local talent overlooking oh, it. Jackson, Jackson Everton was at Celtic. I let him go. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's one they would regret too much. No offence to Jackson, who's gone <laughs> on to have a very good career, but you know, Celtic have done all right in that area in the the years that have passed. Let's bring in Tom. How's it going, Tom? Hi, good evening, Craig uh, and panel. I've been what called. Do? I've been called Craig, many things. Craig that's Gordon. a new one. Craig <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm just going to change my name. It's Sorry. something really simple. Hi. <laughs> uh, the, my two favourite pundits as well in the uh, huge respect for is you and uh, Kenny. Thank you. I was the, I was a chap that uh, phoned in from Lanzarote a few quite a few weeks ago. Three oh, weeks. How ago was the holiday? Was it good? It was brilliant. It was about thirty degrees and come back to this. Ah, right? Nightmare, <laughs> nightmare. What's on your mind about the football nightmare. last night? Well, a couple of, uh, as I say to the producers, two things. One, one's about, well, a couple of things about Scotland, and then I was speaking about Rangers. Mm-hmm. I'd like to speak to Kenny about the Rangers thing. Sure. Uh, and Hugh. Uh, the Scotland thing, I think, I mean, this level, I think, I know you guys have covered it. I love the show, even listening to Lanzarote. Hence the reason I phoned in from Lanzarote. But the. Uh, the standard of refereeing, I mean, last night, I thought it was absolutely diabolical. I mean, the challenge on John McGinn for not even being a, to get, be a foul. You know, never mind a yellow card. You know, that, and that was one. And to me, the goal was to be, OK, you've discussed that at great level. But when I looked at the referee, the referee, that he, he looked at the film as a goal. I mean, he, he asked. To me, he actually thought it was a goal until they obviously get word in his ear. You know, I don't know what you guys thought yeah. of that. I mean, that, Hugh, it is interesting when you look overall, as, as Tom says there, like, look, our referees make loads of mistakes. They should get called out on them. They should get criticised for them. We should always be trying to drive standards up. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with any of that. And just because other refs make mistakes doesn't mean it's okay. No. But having said all that, I, like lots of us, we're all football fans. I do... I do watch a lot of international football, European football, and I never really see a big step up in level. I'm always kind of hoping to think, oh yeah, these refs are better, but they just don't ever seem to be. And if anything, I'll tell you what, if a Premiership referee put in that performance last night, yeah. we would be having a field day on it. As in every walk of life, whether it's uh, doing what we do for a living or being a referee, there are degrees of competency. And unfortunately for us last night, we got stuck with a guy who looked out of his depth. And Kenny and I are in agreement uh, that he, he seemed to be overawed by the whole thing. And that's why the clarification will become 
very interesting now that the SFA have sent off their letter because UEFA can't mess about with this. We want clarification. The clue is in the word. We want clarity on what happened here. So I'll be very interested to, to, to hear, read, see what they get back from UEFA because the, the man, as Tom on the line noticed, the man in the middle didn't seem to think there was anything wrong. Uh, and then all of a sudden we end up with two explanations for one disallowed goal. Listen, we've talked, I've mm. talked about it for I think that's what about the general point, yeah. though, about the, the sort of, you know, because I, f- I, like right? I feel like every time our club's playing Europe as well, I generally come away thinking, that's rubbish. Because it's, it's just about <laughs> referees making decisions. Yeah. It's just a human being making a decision. You know, whether it's the international level, Champions League levels, and like Hugh says, there will be referees who are better than others in relation to they can maybe handle the, uh, the pressures and they can make more kind of decisions quickly. You know, but in, ge- in general... What in communication and stuff like that. Absolutely, and you I and you think. I mean, we've heard some of the conversations off the back of that Liverpool Tottenham thing. Like, there's a lot of noise going on. There's a there's a lot of uh, obviously pressure in terms of delivering a decision pretty quickly. You know, so it's, I just think refereeing. There's always going to be mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's why again, I'm a big a big fan of no having bar. Because when the mistakes made, you can kind of yes, you'll debate it, and yes, you'll be disappointed if it goes against you. But you know what? It's there. Var was supposed to clear. All, all, all bad decisions up. The other, the under twenty ones are three 0 up. Oh. Ben Doak wins a penalty and converts it at Fir Park in front of the watching Steve Clark. Uh, Tom, we're a bit pushed for time. So, what's your thoughts yeah. on this Rangers manager stuff? Well, I like, I like us both, especially Kenny as well. Uh, what has thought? Uh, apparently, Philippe Clement is the is the sort of favourite, uh, and I think it's his style of football, a four four two. But what I'd like to ask Kenny if, if he thinks... I, I don't know much about the guy, I'll admit that. However, from Kenny, we'd like his views on him and, and, and obviously Mus- uh, Musket, uh, Daniel Musket, uh, he, I, don't, I remember him from his Rangers days. But Kenny's thoughts, basically Kenny's thoughts as well... How does he look at the Rangers team today as a rain, an ex-Rangers player who I, I remember him, always remember the time we, we, you know, when we won the Scottish Cup, they were down to nine men and Kenny scored the favourite goal against St Myrtle, they won the Scottish Cup. That was a League Cup, don't let, don't let, don't, don't, don't give him any more ammunition, <laughs> Tom. Anyway, it's a cup final, listen it. Tom, there's a lot, there is a lot in there because, um, right, right. Let, let's, no, no, but let, let, sorry, sorry Tom, sorry, I know that's rude, right, but we're like, in fact, I should be I taking mean, this break in eight seconds, which is obviously not going to happen. So that's yep. fine to an extent. Uh, quickly, managerial. Yeah, firstly, bring I think it, bring I think Clement does look like the favourite. It looks like the one that they want. Kevin Muscat's maybe a, a close second at this moment in time. Uh, honestly, don't know much about them. Obviously, I played with Musk, uh, Muzzy down at Wolves before he came up to Rangers. What was he like? Uh, I mean, he was a wonderful player. You know, really, really tough. Tough. It was great to have in your team. Put it that way. Uh, loved the tackle. Obviously, again, his his incidents are well documented. Of how uh, kind of certain tackles he had put in over the course of his career. But since then, he's went on to have a decent enough managerial career. Firstly in Australia, now he, he took over for Andrew Yokohama, so he's had a bit of success. And Clement has won leagues. You know, he's won leagues. I think it's four league titles he's had. 
uh, I think it was two different teams so he's uh, he's got success as well he seems to be like I say he seems to be the front runner what I would say on the on the, the squad at this moment Tom is that whoever comes in is going to have his hands full you know because he mm. needs to find a way to get something out of the squad that at the moment we're not really seeing there comfortable enough with the timing Rangers have been clear they want to get this right they don't want to rush it obviously it's Friday you don't need me to tell you that are we approaching it needs to be in the next couple of days or I thought I thought it would have been done for the Rangers players arriving back into Murray Park on Monday morning right which uh, it still could be which it still could be yeah. but it, it, listen it may, it may not I just think it needs to happen it's only been two weeks you know so mm. it's one of the things where yep it needs to be done in a timely fashion but you don't want to rush it and, and make a, a rash decision. These things are tough, you because where do you, you know, is, is Monday acceptable, but Tuesday is not? I, I don't oh, know, is, is there a line? There's so much going on within that argument. You know, the fans initially say the club must take its time and make the right decision. When you get to the two-week point, they say, what's taking so long here? Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, Rangers have made managerial choices that are easily exposed as mistakes and the fans are looking and saying you better not make another one so it's a real tense time for the the chairman John Bennett for James Bisgrove and apparently Graham Souness is in on the the process as well thank you Tom let's very quickly revisit this teaser now extremely late for the break the last six players to score an own goal in an old firm game you've given me Callum McGregor so far yeah, Glenn Leuvens was the one yes. uh, in that 3-1 game uh-huh. yeah. Glenn Leuvens Any uh, of the more recent ones? John Joe Kenny Yes That's three down, three to get We'll get them next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hear it Watch it Search the YouTube stream now Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here Still time for you to get in touch If you're keeping an eye on the Scotland under-21s They're 3-0 up at home to Hungary Ben Doak and a double from Kieran Bowie So far, I tell a lie Hungary have pulled one back So it's 3-1, you're getting good money's worth at oh, Fur yeah. Park If you've gone along Four goals inside the opening what would that be, 35 minutes or so? Good start to that game, it has to be said. Uh, what are you two thinking then on this teaser? John and Larbert sent it. So thank you to John. Thank you to the good folks at Sliding Wardrobe Solutions and East Kilbride for helping us as well. Can you name three, no sorry, the last six players to score an own goal in an old firm game? You've given me John Joe Kenny, well remembered, Callum McGregor and Glenn Leuvens. Well, Kenny gave you those, I don't remember any of them. I think this is tough. Um, yeah. I can just about Did remember. Did we go far back the Kloss? Yes. Stefan Kloss. Talk me through that one. Was that Can't one of the remember, old... I just remember he got one. Take it off, a, off the post off or something. Post or back or out. I can't or remember. Yeah. I'm going to throw random names at you. Henrik Larsson's shot off the back of Kloss's head, apparently. <laughs> is that? There we go. Um, Senderos. No. Goldson. No. Boryata. No. <laughs> Seminovich. Right, hold on. Let's not name every central <laughs> defender for the. La- Although. Seminovich? No. But if you. Boyata. No, the other one. I was going to say, if you were to stay on that theme, you would eventually get there. Chris Ayer. No. Stiachenko. We're now getting there. You were closer. Who's. No, you're more recent. 
Central defender. He was never a, you were never a fan of his. Very recent. Starfield. Carl Starfield. Oh. At the semi-final one was it at Hamden. So you've oh, only yeah. got one to get. There we go. We'll try and get it before the end of the game. Hugh, I, I will unintentionally miss someone out. It's my apologies. So I mentioned, you know, Bacchus and Strain uh, playing for Australia oh. and various others. Liam Scales yeah. is starting for Ireland against Greece tonight. Again, for... just another another step in his excellent start to the season. For the Celtic fans, the story of the season so far, I honestly think he would be an Aberdeen player now, were it not for the fact that the, the central defenders started to tumble. Carter Vickers, uh, Navrotsky, Stephen Welsh, and Liam Seals came on at Pataudry and hasn't looked back. And now he's on from the start for the Republic of Ireland in Dublin tonight. Uh, he has been terrific and it, uh, the expression used by Brendan Rodgers that Scales was the surprise of his coaching career. What a statement that is. And it suggests that unless he does something wrong, Liam Scales has got the jersey. Even though Lager Bielka is playing for Sweden, even though Navrotsky cost over £4 million, Scales has got the Celtic jersey until he proves that he shouldn't have it. Absolutely agree. He's been uh, ab- he's been outstanding, and what he's done is he's showed he's more reliable. He's been better than Lager Bielka when they've been paired together. He definitely gives you a balance on that left side as well. And what we've not seen is enough in Navrotsky yet because he's got injured pretty yeah. quickly. So whether he's going to be good enough, whether he's going to be able to uh, take that slot alongside Carter Rickers in the at the heart of Celtic's defence is uh, again there's a lot of questions surrounding it at the moment. So Liam Scales. He's took his opportunity, he's grabbed it, and like you say, the shot's his. Is there, I mean, you've been there, you represented your country and came back, you'll have seen teammates do it. Can it happen? Like someone, say, let's say Lager Bielka going away for his country, playing, scoring, can that be the thing that sometimes kickstarts club football? Listen, it could. It absolutely could. I mean, it could give him, it's, it's got to fill him, it's got to fill him fully confidence going away with your country, getting a goal. Uh, he's, for me, I, I just don't see it yet. Uh, in, in, in terms of the Celtic jersey he's not performed particularly well and like I said I think the fact that Liam Scales who has performed very well so it's not just the fact that his partner's not been up to it he has performed very well but he looks like the one definitely more capable uh, of kind of playing at that centre back position for Celtic uh, We're almost there Hugh Keevans Kenny Miller I suppose I don't know prediction time by the time we certainly we speak to you two next week. Yeah. Um, well, you who will be a week from now. Rangers will have a manager by then. Oh yeah, um, for sure. I mean, unless something there, there would mad be, happens. There would be by Monday. Do what do we think? I think it's it. It should be done by then. Yeah. I think uh, Muscat is uh, in Japan, and they had a game yesterday. Uh, so there are logistical reasons why that might take a while. I'll tell you why I don't like the, like the, not not the fact that Kevin Muscat is a Rangers man. The fact that he's no sat in a room. Because it's been done over Zoom. I just think you, you need to be looking at somebody face to face and that. looking them in the eye. Don't say that. You need to. Michael Beale yeah. said that. <laughs> no, but that's players. Michael Beale. I'm saying it. I'm saying that you need to get a vibe of somebody. You can't over Zoom. For me, it's no. I don't want you can make a man's well, Europe maybe, over Zoom. Maybe, maybe that's the delay, Kenny. Maybe, maybe. maybe they want them over from Asia so that they can speak to him and, and get a sense of what the man's like. Uh, but I would be astounded 
if there wasn't a new Rangers manager by the time they play Hibs a week tomorrow yeah. at Ibrox. Some some of the details are you know kind of few and far between. I think you know, Rangers' the suggestion is that they're happy with the way it's going. Certainly, and no gripes about that at this moment in time. Um, but we also we don't know what these people are thinking, um, and you know rumours or reports of other offers, particularly sure. for Philippe Clement. So yes. we don't know what impact that would have. No, uh, what what. I keep thinking that when we return, what a weekend it will be. Uh, Rangers will have Hibs at Ibrooks, and the following day Celtic will go to Tynecastle. Now, there's potential there for everything, for a Rangers win and a Celtic defeat, or for a Rangers loss and a Celtic win. Uh, so you would want, and the Rangers fans would expect, to have the next Rangers manager in the dugout for that game. And... I don't think that Rangers could possibly not deliver on that. Until then, Saturday off. Hope you're spending it wisely. Uh, well, daughter has to go to airport with uh, Wayne's to go to Lanzarote. You so can't drive. What's that got to do with you? I know, but I get to carry bags. Oh, that's even worse. The bag carrier. I've never heard of someone <laughs> having to do the airport run as a passenger. Yeah. That sounds dreadful. You're going to Alan McGregor's testimonial dinner. Straight there, right? He's now. already, already texting me saying, where are you? He sent me a picture of my plate with my name <laughs> on it saying, that's poor for you. What's so on it? What's I, told, I don't know what it looked like, to be honest, but it was my main name tag on the plate. You're going to so, a good uh, feed. He's no happier. Well, listen, Alan, if you're listening, you'll be here in approximately, he drives very sensibly, I'll give it... 20 minutes. 17 max. minutes. Yeah, that's probably a good guess. I think 17 minutes is accurate. Right, we've got one more on the teaser. The last six to score an old firm own goal. Starfelt, Kenny... McGregor, Leuven's Kloss. It's the furthest back one you've not got, actually. Oh. So it is 2003. So actually, we've just passed the 20 year anniversary. Not that I'm asking a lot of you. How old does that make you feel? Um, how does it make you feel? Uh, October Everything 2003. It, it finished 1 0 Celtic at Ibrox. 2003. And if it doesn't go to plan for Scotland on Sunday, we might need to go to this country and pick up something. Norway. So, Norway. No. no. The other been one. been there. Georgia. Keishin this Billy. Billy. Well done, wow. Kenny Miller. Enjoy your Clyde One Super Scoreboardless Saturday. I know it's just not the same, and I will miss you terribly, but we are back on Monday night, and you never know, by then, Scotland's qualification for Euro 2024 might be confirmed, and Rangers might even have a new manager as well. So that is not to be missed from six o'clock. GBX is up next. Stay right there. <laughs>